This podcast is brought to you by MedCloud. Get connected, cyber safe. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for for the next episode of the Vanguard podcast. Um, Today, I'm joined by a very special guest who, along with being a friend of mine for over 16 years, is uh, one of the original members of the 1988 Jamaican bobsled team. He is also a three-time Olympian and was the captain of that team in 1992 and 1998. His team's exploits in the 1998 games in Calgary inspired the hit movie Cool Runnings. Devon is also a graduate from the Royal Military Academy in Sandhurst here in the UK and as an officer of the Jamaican Defence Force uh, came across a proposal in a weekly army publication calling for those who wish to undergo rigorous and dangerous training to represent Jamaica in the Winter Olympics. In Devon's current career as a keynote speaker, author, and motivator, he goes about inspiring students, business people, and leaders to achieve their goals using his real-life story of perseverance, persistence, through his motto, Keep On Pushing. It's my great pleasure to introduce my friend, Devin Harris. Devin, thanks for joining us. Hey, mate. uh, Great to be on, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure, mate. And you know, the one thing that actually got me there was we've known each other now 16 years. Jeez. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, you're a lot younger then, obviously, and and um, you know we've uh, we've kept in touch ever since. Yeah, dude. It's uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's kind of interesting because you know we're speaking on Christmas Eve, which is the day before my birthday. So the next yes, time you is. see me, I'll be even older. You, you will you will be, and and you're the only person apart from my family that I religiously speak to every Christmas day. For some reason or another, um, so how lucky are you in that as well? Well, I'm about to tell you, you should get a life, man. But you know <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us, and and you know we we really do appreciate you taking time out the day before your birthday to speak to us. But um, I want to crack anything, in here. Anything for you, mate. Anything. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now I want to crack you on and 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 speak. You've got such an interesting life and 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 such an interesting career not just from being in the Jamaican Defence Force, but, you know, a, a three-time Olympian, um, an author, uh, a motivational speaker, um, a great friend and mentor. You know, there's so much that you've done. And, but one of the questions that always pops up to me, and especially when I speak to people who know that we're friends and, or mention Cool Runnings and they say, don't you know someone from there? It's, you know, it was an incredibly um, successful movie but it was a comedy movie. It was, you know, it was a comedy movie about a fantastic inspirational story. Um, so tell me more a little bit about that, how how you felt about that movie and, you know, coming from Jamaica, being successful and starting this team up, you know, you got to Calgary, you did, I think it was the fifth fastest push in one of your runs, which is incredibly impressive, and then you had that serious crash um, in, in one of the turns that, 
you know, and, and the movie talked about how, oh, my God, you know, should they really have been there? Are they a bunch of failures and so forth? To me, you're an Olympian. You're absolutely champion before you even start. But tell me the the public perception, not only then but now, of the Jamaican bobsled team and and about the team that got put together by a bunch of sprinters that wanted to represent their country. Yeah. So, you know, it's you're right. You know, Cool Runnings is a comedy, and I think part of it is because of the stereotypical view of Jamaicans as fun-loving and easygoing and laid back. And it is true that we're all that. Um, but I think people, uh, you know, mistake all of that easygoing way about us um, for the fact that they think that somehow we're not, we're not passionate and we're not intense and we're not hungry for success. And I think if you just look at Jamaican history, whether – we're talking about sports now, but across the board, you'll see that is further from the truth. Um, there's no way you can, uh, you know, get up and decide you're going to start a bobsled team and trying to get to the Olympic Games in a matter of months. Never, ever seen a bobsled or a bobsled trap before and and go, yeah, those guys are easy going and they're laid back. No, we were intense. We were focused. Um, you know, we had uh, tremendous goals and we were you know, really determined to, to achieve the goal. So you, you jump forward to that race, uh, the third run of the four-man event in 1988, and we came off the hill with the seventh fastest start time. By the way, Scott, after only one week of training with a four-man sled, so talk about laid back, right? That's, um, yeah, that's one week of training with a four-man sled, and we came off the hill with the seventh fastest start time. And I remember... As we, just before we hit the, what they call the Chrysler corner nine on that track, we, um, we hit, the sled hit the wall. So I knew it wasn't the best thing, but I figured we'd get out on the other end, we'd slam in the wall and we'd be on our merry way. But the next thing I remember is that we're over. And people always ask, because it, it's a pretty violent crash. I look at it on TV, it looks just horrendous. And people ask all the time, were you scared for your life? No, I was embarrassed. I just remember as we went over, I go, oh, my, we're over. How embarrassing. Because this was happening in front of the entire world, man. And so in, in that moment, uh, it was the lowest point of the entire process for us. Because in that moment, we had given credence to all the people who felt we had no business being there in the first place. And then on top of that, we felt we had let down an entire nation. And I remember as I was walking down the breaking stretch, feeling dejected. No, we didn't lift the sled as it's, as it portrayed in Cool Runnings. But, um, you know, people started to cheer and say, we love you, we love you. And one guy shook my hand and I had to shake every other hand um, as, as I walked down. And I think what that said was people uh, saw themselves in us. You know, all those people who had these crazy dreams, who were afraid to go after them, man, or had other people saying that it's impossible, you can't do it. They saw us going after a crazy dream and it empowered them, I think. And so it it went from before the Olympics, people laughing because who are these guys to people having so much admiration um, because we show them what is possible in their lives as well. That's a fantastic, I, I, I couldn't, it's a fantastic story and it's one that I, it's just amazing. It, it always sends chills in my spine because, you know, like you said, 
people see you guys as very laid back and and so forth. But you know, to be anything at that level or to do anything with that much focus, you need to be passionate. You need to be motivated. You need to be so inspired to be successful that you know it doesn't come as a fluke, does it? It comes because of passion and pride and practice and everything. And and you know that's one thing that you really you really help me with. You know, if I have a bad situation in my life or whatever and you and I talk um it's one of the things that inspires me is you know you have a crash whether it's in a bobsled or in your life or whatever but it's how you dust yourself off and and review what happened and then get on with life again which I think is a great story so um I think it's a great outcome to what was at, probably at the time not a very good feeling or <laughs> or, or, or effort no, I agree. Not a good feeling, but you know, as I tell people all the time, man, failure isn't fatal. No, it's a good chance to learn. It's more fatal if you don't try, right? Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And and coming out of all that, all that, um, all that time, effort, and training, you know, and three Olympics, just one Olympic is something special to be. But to be a three-time Olympian must make you feel so proud. It's 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 an awesome experience. You're right. You know, not many people get to even do one. Um, you know, and you know, and the crash in '88 uh, influenced that as well, Scott. Because you know, we were so determined to do well. There was just no way we were going to be remembered for just a, a bunch of guys who came from Jamaica and crashed spectacularly. Because we felt, we knew in our hearts um, that we had more to offer and that we could perform at a much higher level. So we had to come back to get it done. And which which brings me to to the point which you know shows how successful you were because in 2018 um, you were honoured by the World Olympians Association and inducted as an Olympian for life. How did that make you feel to be recognised <laughs> by your peers? That that was a surprise. Surprising. I'm like I thought I was already an Olympian for life. I, you know, I'm, I'm an <laughs> Olympian. I'm going to be one until I die. But. Um, you know, it's uh, it's very flattering, man. It, it's awesome to be recognized for your work. Um, I, I think it's even more so when your peers are recognizing you for your work, right? And so it's not just the fact that I'm a three-time Olympian, but it's a work that I do, uh, that I've been doing since, not just traveling and speaking, but the charity work, you know, trying to, I think, you know, have a, my Keep On Pushing Foundation that is working to help um uh, provide practical solutions to some of the kids who are in disadvantaged communities, helping them to provide practical solutions for them to get a proper education. So it was that the recognition of that work that um, caused them to confer that honor on me. It was it was awesome. I bet it was. Well, let's just touch on uh, the keep out, uh, keep on pushing foundation for a moment because you and I have spoken about that in the past and. Um, you know, I'd love to know uh, a little bit more about what inspired you to start that because, you know, you grew up in Kingston and some areas of Kingston are, are, are pretty rough, um, as you've told me, and I don't know personally, but this is, you know, from some of the stories you've told me. And and I guess life could have gone either one or two ways, couldn't it? And, um, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about those early years' experiences and what made you go into the Defence Force and in turn has led your career path today. and was part of growing up in Kingston and in, in, in the area you did part of the reason why you've you've started keep on the keep on pushing foundation and, and 
tell us a little bit about what that provides to, to, to people today. Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking that. So, yeah, I grew up in Kingston, uh, one of the uh, tougher areas. Uh, Olympic Gardens is a proper name. Most people call it Waterhouse. Um, violent, impoverished, um, you know, depressed economically. Um, and so it, 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 I mean, you know, growing up in an environment that, like that is challenging, Scott, because you, know, you look around you and there's nothing in your environment that suggests that success is even remotely possible. But, you know, I, I had dreams and one of them was to, in fact, join the army um, as an officer, which was a tall order uh, for anybody, um, but especially when you're coming from a neighborhood like mine. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, you know, I, I stayed in school. I kind of I focused. I always knew what I wanted. And then I had to go and do this rigorous three-day selection process. And I I scraped through. Uh, you know, I was a top pick of only three people, actually, and you know, from a group of 33. Um, so, you know, I was able to realize that dream. And uh, because I saw I had a real passion for being in the Army, to be honest. But, but it was also, in my mind, the quickest way out of the ghettos. You're listening to Vanguard, which is brought to you by MetCloud, the next generation cybersecure cloud platform. We're glad you've chosen to join us and we hope you enjoy listening to innovative, inspiring and successful people share their stories and interests with us. In the coming weeks, we'll have some really interesting guests from business owners, entrepreneurs and other inspiring people. So be sure to join us and subscribe to download the latest episode. Remember, Visit us at metcloud.com forward slash Vanguard to listen to previous episodes and see who may be on the podcast next. Um, so it, it served two purposes there, right? Um, so I moved on from there, served, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, I went to Sandhurst, graduated, served in the JDF, retired as a captain. And in the process, while I was in the Army, I competed in my first two Olympic Games. Um, so you fast forward all these years, having achieved uh, you know, a certain level of success, I went back to the old neighborhood visited the school and was speaking to the principal. Many of the kids were coming to school hungry. And we know, you know, if you're hungry, you can't learn. If you can't learn, you don't get educated. If you don't get educated, you know, you can't be a productive uh, member of society. Um, and I saw myself in them, right? I understood their plight. I'm, I mean, I look at these kids. I'm, I'm, I was in that those very classrooms running around in that very schoolyard, you know, as a as a soldier. I, I would go back to the old neighborhood conducting operations looking for bad guys. So I've, I've seen this story from both ends. Um, and, and so I wanted, because of my experience growing up there and then having a chance to achieve some success and be around the, go around the world, I wanted to provide uh, a, an opportunity, do something that would give these kids hope. And... Um, yeah, I'm famous for being an Olympian and all that stuff, but I understood the importance of education, man. Uh, you know, they need that. That is the catalyst. And so we started the, a breakfast program uh, uh, to, put, to nourish the bellies and, the, and then hopefully the minds. And we have a school supplies program. We just built a, a, a little sick bay, a, a nurse's station. 
at the school. And uh, the next goal is to, you know, start some computer, uh, develop a computer lab and start uh, some computer training there as well. Wow, that's fantastic. Actually, um, if that is the case, let's let's talk about that off 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 air at some point because, uh, yeah, if there is a, a technology or a, a computer element to the Keep on, Keep on Pushing Foundation, um, uh, I'm sure I would like to get involved in it, and I know a lot of people that would probably want to get involved in it as well. So let's talk about that again. Uh, you know, as we go into 2021, we'd love to be involved in some way. Awesome, thank you. Um, you, my pleasure, mate. Um, so one of the one of the things that um, you know that is interesting to me. I've been very fortunate enough to, and it's how we actually met all those years ago. Is I was at um, uh, a, a corporate event where you were the the keynote speaker for the sales kickoff, and we we ended up meeting and um, and chatting, and we've, we've we've remained friends ever since. And I've actually now been lucky enough to see you speak in Las Vegas. Uh, where else were we? Nashville. Um, you yeah, know, the, the UK. Areas, you, like, yeah, and the UK. Are you trailing me, dude? Is that what's going on? I, I may be stalking you a little bit, pal. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that. Um, but I've been lucky enough to see the true story behind uh, the Jamaican bobsled team and how it was put together. And, you know, as much as the Disney movie is fantastic and, and so forth, it's not entirely accurate um but one of the things that's really impressed me is how you've taken all this and 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 turned it into your speaking career and you know you've worked with uh organizations like you know mcdonald's american express johnson and johnson coca-cola these are not small companies these are big companies so that's where your career is taken how uh, you know, with, with COVID and the change of the world and, you know, events not taking place in 2020, where has the Devon Harris keynote speaking and motivational side of the business gone? And and, and what's what's next for you in, in that sphere of your career? Yeah, um, you know, all of us have been impacted by COVID um, in one way or another. None of us are getting through this thing unscathed, man. And we have all had to have to learn to pivot, right? We have to learn. And it's perfect, I think, from my motto, keep on pushing, right? It's not just about getting, uh, you know, past obstacles. It's about growth and being innovative and, uh, you know, taking the skills and knowledge and experience that you have um, to create or take advantage of opportunities in the new dynamic environment in which we live. And so I've had to be uh, true uh, to that message and philosophy as well in my own business. And so that has led me to, you know, obviously be uh, presenting virtually. You know, I've been really talking to companies now and helping them. Um, You know, I've been using the tools, Scott, that I've learned in the Army and in the Olympics um, that I've seen work about how to get people to develop this resilient mindset, right? You know, how they can really uh, wade through the sea of uncertainty. Uh, and so I present those uh, ideas to them uh, in, a, in a powerful, energetic 60-minute, I call it my 60-minute power boost. And for those clients where, you know, where um, I'm able to address their needs, because when I speak to a client, whichever, wherever it is, from whichever industry, um, my first goal is to understand their current situation, to figure out where they're stuck, and then um, create a customized solution to address those needs. And when I'm able to do that successfully, 
Um, we often go off to do a longer term uh, kind of training program, a 90 day team conditioning boot camp, I call it. And and then addressing that, you know, we're looking to po- possibly do, you know, a yearly training. So um, that's where that's, you know, I, I guess I thank COVID for that because it has caused me to really start thinking a little bit differently in terms of what I can offer and how I can help, uh, you know, sales teams and, and others, uh, you know, become high performance. That sounds great. Um uh, it's probably a bit of a plug here. Can how, how do people reach you? Is there a website they can get onto in in case they want to yeah, reach man, out to you and see I, if they can help you with that? Yeah, thank you for asking. I'm the easiest guy to find. It's my name, DevonHarris.com. DevonHarris.com. My email is Devon at DevonHarris.com, and you know I'm on, in social media. I'm at at Keep On Pushing eighty eight and Instagram and and Twitter and um, on the other platforms as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, all the very best in that new uh, – well, it's not new. It's just a different way of delivering what you've been doing in the past. I, I hope I hope the, the historical part of your business picks up again in 2021 and, um, and the new exciting virtual part of the business uh, uh, goes really well for you as well. Dev, really appreciate you going through that. It's a great story. I love the story. Every time I hear it, you know, it, it always makes me smile and, and so forth. The last question I've got before we go into the quick fire three is one of one of my mates said, "Oh, Scott, Scott, can you ask your mate Devon which one in the movie was he? Can you explain that to me?" <laughs> so I usually tell people I'm the handsome one, and and they laugh, especially you, man. You laugh. You're like, "There's nothing handsome about you." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly come in with in front of uh, everyone listening. So yeah, so I have to tell the 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 the, the, the truth and the truth here that. Um, the characters are really different from real life characters, but if I had to choose one, I'd say Yul Brenner, played by Malik Yoba. Not because he was mean. Yeah, I agree that he was frustrated uh, in the movie, but you may remember he's a guy that wanted to go to Buckingham Palace to live as well. He was a dreamer, and that's how I see myself as well as a dreamer. Fantastic. Love that. Love that. Um, mate, we have a quick fire three and it's around innovation and pivot and, and, that, and that's the basis of, of, of the podcast, obviously. And I'm, I'm going to jump into that now. The first one, the first one I want to ask you is what is the most innovative thing you've seen or witnessed in the last 10 years? And it doesn't just have to be technology, it can be anything, but is there anything specific that sticks in your mind? Yeah, you know, I, you know, the thing that jumps to my mind, man, and I don't know, I can't see beyond it, is the proliferation of social media. I mean, all the different platforms. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of amazing how, um, you, you know, you go from writing letters to the day when it was like, oh, you know, you're making long distance phone calls to sending, te- um, um. You had a beeper, you know. Yeah. Uh, to, to know, look, I mean, look how we're look 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 at how we are communicating. So that's just impressive the the way, um, we you know uh, social media and the technology has um, just exploded in this area. It's a really good, and the amount of content that you can just get at the click of your finger. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, looking back, looking back in all the years that you've been around, um, and you've been around for a while now, is there and, and more so tomorrow when your birthday, but mm. is there one thing you wished you had have invented or invested in over the years? And and if so, you know, who was it? What was it? What, why would you have wanted to do that? 
Yeah, you know, and it's kind of you know, it's kind of related to that first answer, and I, and you know, I hate to choose one company. I'm sorry, guys, but you know, I think of Amazon, for example. Um, and unfortunately, around about the time that Amazon was uh, being developed, man, I was thinking more about bobsledding. You know, this yeah. this archaic piece of trans mode of transportation, rather than thinking about the the future. Um, because I mean, just look at how it has grown, man, and look at its reach. I you know, I, I meet a guy who, or someone who read my book. I'm like, really? Yeah, they bought it on Amazon. I'm like, why? Why didn't you buy it on my website? You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, because you know, when I think of buying anything, I think of buying it on Amazon. So, I wish I'd, you know, I'd either developed that or invested it in the very beginning. We wouldn't be talking right now, Scott. We'd be like. Oh, I don't have time for you. Speak to my assistant, man. <laughs> you always have time for me, Dev. Um, it's a really good one. Is there, by the way, here's a here's a sub question. I guess is there another book in Devon Harris? I think so. There, there are you know a couple more. Um, I, I need to. I've been percolating some ideas that I need to kind of sit down. And, I write really slowly, Scott. So that's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that, but yeah, I I've read. I've read a couple of them so far, and, and, and you're not bad, so you've obviously got a really good ghostwriter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you calling me a ghost now? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, not at <all>. <laughs> <laughs> um, The third one I've got here, mate, is is um, what innovation has not happened yet that you thought would have as a child? And you know, I, I, did you ever watch – you used to watch the Jetsons, the cartoon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I thought we'd have flying cars by now, man. Um What's interesting, because I have another friend, um, um, his name is Scott, but that's his uh, first name. Um, amazing guy. Just I, I don't know when this guy sleeps. He does so many things. He's like the first guy to ever fly to space and climb Mount Everest, right? And, and he's working on um, a technology that's going to allow cars to fly. Wow. You know, so, um, you know, I, I don't think it's that far away, actually. So flying cars, my man, I thought would have been here already. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. Dev, you know, mate, I, I always enjoy uh, catching up with you, um, always inspired by something that, that comes up in our conversation. Um, for me, one of the biggest things that inspires me about what you do is it's not only all about what you're doing but also what you're giving back. And uh, I know you share a lot of, you know, when you go back and, and, and build things in schools in Jamaica and stuff, you, you put on social media. And, and that's really inspiring for me. Um, and I, I think you do a wonderful job. Um, mate, I want to really thank you for taking the time out the day before your birthday to speak to, speak to me. Um, it's a great story. I'm sure the listeners are going to love uh, hearing you know, how you got to the Olympics, how you became an Olympian and, and, and your futures ahead. I wish you all the very best with your business moving forward into the new year and the and the new virtual boot camps and so forth you're putting together. Um, thank you so much, mate, and uh, I wish you all the very best. It's, it's great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always so much fun catching up with you, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Vanguard podcast. And of course, thanks to the ever entertaining Devin Harris for joining me. I always enjoy catching up with Dev whenever we can. And as you've heard today, he's a man full of stories and inspiration without doubt. And although he's very laid back, he is so determined to succeed in whatever he does. 
the way Devin motivated himself to leave Jamaica and become an officer in the JDF, you know, and also training at the Royal Military Academy in Sandhurst before taking that next step and becoming a three-time Olympian surely inspires everyone. But for me, it's his message of following your dreams and after crashing out in his first Olympics, he kept on pushing to ensure he came back stronger, faster and at a higher level than ever before. I love that never give up spirit and thanks for sharing your story, Deb. Be sure to join us again for the next episode of the Vanguard Podcast, where our next guest is a guy who set up an MSP business, founded a software business, growing both of those businesses to multi-million dollar organizations, and now is embarking on a new project to use that skill set to give vision and voice to MSPs worldwide. Thanks for listening, and remember, take care, stay safe, and keep on innovating.